0: and I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's up? It's Johnny King. Welcome to another episode of Becoming King's podcast. I've been listening to um, a podcast called Smartless. <laughs> it's so good. It's so funny, and there's so many uh, great instances of insight and things that I take notes on. A couple of days ago, I was uh, driving back from Texas. I I own a HVAC business, uh, one of my businesses, and just recently hired a new technician and need a new van and. There's not many here in Colorado. So I started looking elsewhere. And sure enough, I found one in Texas. So I flew down to Dallas and then made my way back to Colorado. Now, is this something I could have very well, you know, hired uh, or not hired, but, you know, asked one of my employees to do? Absolutely, 100%. Except that my employees, uh, <laughs> they're out there making me money. And so at times, um, you know, I look at uh, what's what's the return on my investment and and how's my time best used. And for one reason or another, I thought, you know what, I feel like I could use just even a little like, it wasn't even 48 hours, I think I was gone for maybe 36 hours, if that. Uh, but just getting some open road, some windshield time, as I call it, to just think um, was so, so productive. And so I had time to listen to audiobooks about business. I thought about relationships. I, um, you know, jumped into, like I said, various uh, podcasts. And and the one that I really do like that I was just mentioning is one called Smartless. And if you haven't listened to it, it stars Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett. Jason Bateman is from, um, he directs and he stars in Ozarks. Uh, he was in Arrested Development. He was in uh what do you call it? Uh shit, I'm totally blanking on the the werewolf movie. <laughs> the first one with Michael J. Fax. Uh and then he was the he was in the sequel. Um Teen Wolf. There it is. It came to mind. Uh Sean Hayes was in Will and Grace. Um, he's openly gay and he's hilarious. Uh and Will Arnett is also absolutely hilarious and he was also on um, (laughs) Arrested Development. He's been the the voice of, I think, like GMC commercials. He's just got that extremely distinctive voice. But all three of them are are just great friends and they bust each other's balls all the time. And so I loved listening to it. And I started listening to an episode where they have... Oh, and the whole premise essentially is that uh, one of them, they each have their turn. Uh, throughout different episodes, uh, and whenever it's you know and in one of their turns, they bring on a surprise guest, and so the two other guys, Jason, Will, or Sean, they don't know who the the third <laughs> of their trio is actually bringing on, right? So it's kind of a surprise guest, which is always kind of fun. So they don't have a whole, they don't have any like prepared questions really, other than the one who knows you know who's coming on, and so it's just very. Uh, kind of shooting from the hip type interview and conversation, which is kind of how I do my podcast too. And I, and I feel like a lot of times the, the less you prepare when it comes to a, a conversation, the better it goes because you're not attached to a direction that, that you think it should take. So um, they bring on in this particular episode that I was listening to on the way home, James Corden, who has, you know, the late show. Um, and he's British. He's hilarious. He's so talented. He's the guy that does, you know, uh, car karaoke. Um, and so they were asking him about all the various things that he's done throughout his career. And apparently he's done a lot of, um, kind of like musicals, uh, done a lot of like live, live arts. He's, uh, he's even recorded some music and various other things. He's just extremely talented. Um, And if you know, if you end up watching some of the car karaoke, you'll see like the guy can sing. Actually, he he's uh, he's very musically inclined. And so they're asking him like, what projects have you felt like were the most fulfilling? And apparently, he was in um, it was either maybe it was like a live performance on TV, one of those things. I didn't even see it, Um, or maybe it was a movie. I don't know, but I think it was like. The TV rendition of the Broadway show Cats. I think I should have probably done my my homework on this before I started going into it. But apparently, it bombed. Um, generally speaking, and uh, so they asked him like, "What what was one of your more fulfilling projects?" And he's like, "Honestly, <laughs> Cats was really, really, really fulfilling for him. He just he was working with so many talented people, uh, off set and on set." They were all just amazing people, really nice people, wonderful to work with. And even though the project wasn't financially, uh, quote unquote, successful, it was one of his most successful, as he sees it, one of his most successful projects. And he's like, but I also have been a part of other projects that have been majorly financially successful. But when he thinks about them, he has like PTSD because he was in such a dark place and such a horrible place, right? So he goes on, and they kind of all talk about this idea of not really judging um, what what they're all a part of as actors, as successful just only by the financial gain of it, right? And so uh, they talk about relationships, various other things, and, and it got me thinking too. And I've heard this for a long time when I was younger. I just had this vision that yeah, I want to see a 50th, you know, wedding anniversary. I want to see a 75 your wedding anniversary, because I believed that time would be uh, the, the predicator of success. You know, like, oh, if you've been in a relationship for 50 years or you've been married for 75 years, like, wow, you must be really, really in love, right? I think any of us, uh, the older we get, and especially those of us that have been in relationships, know that uh, just because you might be, you know, in a relationship with someone for a while, does not ultimately uh, result in so-called like love or passion or um, even all that much happiness or fulfillment, right? There's, there's been people who have felt more love and more connection in three or six months of a relationship than other marriages that have lasted 30 or 60 years, right? So, it's not time, right? It's also not financial gain that results in a life of fulfillment. And so, there's a lot of stuff that they talked about in this uh, episode that just kind of got me thinking. I put down a whole lot of notes, and that's why I'm going to jump around in this episode. But I think there's something to think about. Like, what, what is it for you that means that you are feeling fulfilled in the work that you do, in the life that you've created, in the relationships you have with your? significant other if you're blessed with one or your kids or your co-workers, the people that you're surrounded with, right? Um, And he said one of the people that he absolutely adored working with was Meryl Streep. And he said she's an example of what everyone in the industry or everyone in the world, honestly, should strive for, which is someone who takes her work so seriously, so extremely seriously, and yet never takes herself seriously that he said that she's always wanting to have as much fun as she can. And I resonated with that because that's, you've probably heard me, if you've listened to this podcast, you know, other episodes, you'll hear me say like, that's kind of like what I ultimately want (laughs) in life, in my relationships with friends, uh, with my significant other. Like, I just want to have as much fun as I can. And so, you know, it really got me thinking as I was driving home, uh, those relatively... 11 hours and and side note it was some of the windiest driving i have ever driven in not some of it was by far the windiest driving and i was scared for my life a few times not scared for my life per se but i was scared that my my uh, high roof truck was going to flip over because uh, there was like probably a dozen 18 wheelers that had been tipped over and were on the side of the road and front windshields completely broken through and blown out and just looked gnarly and I was man it was scary so I was just thinking about a lot of things and deep in thought and thinking about the purpose of life and it really got me thinking like for so long I thought like what is my purpose what is all of our purposes and again if you've listened to some of my other episodes I think you've heard me say something I've learned from Tony Robbins he says that all of our fears all of our fears all of our reluctances all of our you know deepest, darkest, darkest wounds, all come back to the same two limiting beliefs. And the the two limiting beliefs or fears that we have is that we fear that we're not enough, you know, for someone else or for the world, or to show up in our full and truest light as human beings. That's the number one. And then as a result of not feeling like we are enough, even deeper below that fear, is that we fear that we won't be loved, right? And so I think at the end of the day, uh, it really kind of hit me as I was listening to this podcast and just doing a lot of thinking on the way home, driving, like I said, I feel like the purpose of life is to be so present in every moment that, and, and again, having such like gratitude and humility of, of just for this amazing gift that we've been given of life in this human experience to know that we are loved, or oh, I should say that we are enough, right? And because we are enough that we are loved and then to, uh, kind of ripple that out across humanity, you know, to communicate that to everyone that we come in contact with, I think that's a pretty amazing purpose. Now, a lot of people think, like, as they're looking for their sense of purpose, that they're looking for, like, they're looking for it in a certain vocation, right? Uh, Sports or music or being a social media influencer or a mom or a dad or a successful business person, whatever the case might be, right? But in truth, it doesn't really matter what you do. But I do feel like if you were to focus completely on, doing the healing work for yourself first and foremost to know that you are enough and that you're loved no matter what, no matter how shitty life gets, no matter who you come in contact with and might tell you otherwise. (laughs) And then to communicate that to everyone else that you come in contact with. If that's what you did, you would leave a lasting legacy without a doubt. Because what I see is that a lot of people, (sighs) There's, there's just no way that you can get through life without experiencing trauma, right? We all go through trauma. And whether you have smothering parents who love you so much that that traumatizes you and you feel like you're suffocated with love, or you have the worst of parents, you know, and that traumatizes you, you know, or maybe they are great, but then you have experiences as a child at school, or you get in a car accident, or maybe you've had a pretty, you know uneventful life, everything going according to plan, right? Um, speaking to the women, then you get pregnant and you have a horrible, horrible, uh, let's say labor experience that gives you PTSD of, of wanting to have more children, let's say, right? Um, maybe you have an experience flying and you have uh, PTSD from that. And you have trauma and you can't fly, right? Or something happens on the road and you can't drive or, you know, we have horrible experiences with, with men or with women and, we start to come up with these stories, right, that keep us, that essentially are aiming to keep us safe, right? But the thing is, with trauma, we oftentimes weaponize it. But we weaponize it for evil, right? And for some people, you know, we, we tend to like to think, like I said, we're, we're attempting to keep ourselves, as a coping mechanism to keep ourselves safe, right? So that wouldn't necess- necessarily be evil, but because you feel like, you know, you're not healed from the, the the horrible things that you've experienced, that there is evil in the world and that you must protect yourself from it, a lot of times that ultimately dims your light, right? And I know too that like how of all the, the horrible atrocities that go on in the world, a lot of them being as uh, at the hands of men, men who are deeply, deeply wounded and traumatized, right? they've weaponized their trauma for evil, right? But I I recommend that you weaponize your trauma for good because so many people that are doing so many amazing, beautiful things in the world are doing that because they have experienced trauma. They've stepped into doing the work. They've turned their mess into their message. And that is what drives them in a positive way to have a positive impact on the world, right? And so the way that I look at it is that hate, evil, uh, all those things, they always come from, as I've referred to in past episodes of my podcast, quote unquote, below the line, okay? Versus never from above, right? So... If I were to explain that to you, there, just think of it as, there. you know, <laughs> I, I even see it and there's there's images you can just search on Google, like, are you above or below the line? And you'll see all these images that kind of come up and, and dive into this even more deeply. And a lot of times it's kind of focused around like leadership training, right? Below the line, your own thinking, your own behavior, your own beliefs. If they are below the line, a lot of times someone will think that the world uh, and all of everything that's happening in their world is happening to them okay they're reactive they're defensive a lot of times they they recycle drama or trauma right they say statements like uh you know you should have done this or they should have done this it's a very victim uh victim type mentality right um i'm right they're wrong it's hard i'm trying it's not my fault i'm confused. You know a lot of times the behaviors show up as a, f- a fight or flight right or freeze or faint for that matter right they see others as needing help they're they're finding fault they're blaming other people they cling to an opinion or an argue argument that you know people are just horrible out there that it's not safe and they rationalize and justify the way that they are as being you know okay because The belief is that being right is more important than being loving, right? That ultimately there's a threat to to their own safety that's occurring out there, right? And that they're not enough. They're not loved. They're not safe. They're not seen. That they need other people's approval, okay? Below the line a lot of times is where in life you just experience a lot of resistance, a lot of... Of threat right and there's just there's just a lot of turmoil when you experience life above the line life isn't happening to you life is happening for you right so you are at the epicenter of your own abundance okay so you are responsive you're curious you're looking at how you can grow how you can learn and there's a lot more acceptance and a lot more trust. Okay? When you're playing below the line, there's a lack of trust in everything. And so when you're playing life above the line, and I'm talking again mentally, emotionally, behaviorally, in your beliefs, people who play life above the line will think uh, or say things like, "What what can I learn from this?" You know? Uh, how is the opposite possibly true? If something is scary or something seems like it's the worst thing happening. You'll see, I mean, you jump on social media, right? Some jump on YouTube. You'll hear me say, it, like, my divorce, my mom's passing, my dad coming out of the closet. I'm losing uh, The way that I opened my book and losing my buddy up on the mountain when we were hiking in the hiking accident. Those were the worst things that have ever happened to me and the best of things that ever happened to me because I learned so many things that have ultimately allowed me to become the man that I am today. All my past relationships, romantic relationships with women have been some of the most influential, positive teachers in my entire life. Because I often think about, okay, what? I know I I have my own shortcomings, right? I'll take responsibility. And that's a big part of living life above the line. Do you take responsibility or do you pass the buck, right? When you're when you're placing blame and living life below the, the line, you're not taking responsibility. You're making excuses, you're putting it off on other people. But when you take responsibility, you know, you see people like that, right? You you hear people like, "I take responsibility for this," or "I appreciate you for that," or um, it's the way that they question their their beliefs versus always looking at oh, it's their fault. It's someone else's. This is the world and it's happening to me, right? But people will behave when they're playing a life uh, above the line where they're really connected with their emotions. They're listening consciously. They're not taking offense. They're not quick to anger. They're not easily (laughs) gotten, right? And I'll tell you what, I mean, this is one of the biggest things that I have been working on for years and I still lose my shit, man. I will I will be good for a while but eventually I'll get worn down and I'll break I'll crack and I think we're all human right we all have our have our stuff and I and I feel like even with those people that I interact with I can see people who are really working on on you know being more loving being more patient and they'll work on it and they'll stay in the fight and but we all have our triggers right we all have our traumas And that's okay, but the the important part is to see how quickly can you recover from your triggers, okay? So when you're playing life above the line, you are the creator of your own well-being. If it's going to be, then it's up to me, right? I also like the idea of um, a lot of times we, we get into a victim kind of standpoint when we feel like we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. You know, where we're kind of like a lose-lose situation. I feel like when you're playing life above the line, you know that there's always more than just two possibilities or two outcomes. You have, there's always more than two different options, right? And I challenge you, if you ever feel like you're kind of stuck in this dilemma between staying or going or uh, a lose-lose situation, there's always a, a, a third option or a fourth, a fifth I would highly highly recommend that you always look for what would be a win-win in a business situation, in a romantic relationship, in parenting your children, in just your your day-to-day, like how are you going to get stuff done and get outside and enjoy the sunshine, right? It's extremely valuable to question your thoughts and your beliefs. And it's also extremely powerful to Acknowledge that your feelings are meant to teach us. They're intelligent. They're there to support us, if that makes sense. And so a lot of it really comes down to people who live life above the line, they're victors. They take extreme ownership, accountability, they're responsible. People who play life below the line, they're victims. They blame others. They make excuses. They're in denial, right? And so I say all this because, like I said, when, when we weaponize trauma for good or for evil, when, when there's been mass shootings and then there's been things, you know, uh, you know, one of the shooters maybe gets killed or whatever and then they look on Facebook or social media or they find journals, these journals are pumped full of victim mentality, right? And then they're out to uh, get revenge, right? But the reality, too, is that when we weaponize our trauma for good and we turn our message, I should say our mess, into our message, we stay above the line, okay? And hate will always come from below, never from above, okay? And I'm not necessarily talking about, like, someone above you or below you. It really just comes from a, uh, a way of, of thinking, right? And I want you to, to kind of have this like, um, again, I, I would just highly recommend that you go on Google and like find one of those diam- um, diagrams that, that really speaks to you about kind of the simplicity or the, <laughs> the complexity of the philosophy of living life above or below the line. And then print it out. And put it on your wall or put it on your, your mirror in your bathroom. And just keep looking at that. And keep coming back to, are you living life above the line or below the line? Okay. Because again, the hate and everything else. And I think it's important to see that uh, you know, every form of communication is either an act of love or a cry for help. And I, all, I think of that all the time. That's one of those things that just pops into my head. When I feel like someone is saying some really kind of below the line stuff to me and it seems really personal, it seems like they're really attacking, like they're really trying to weaponize their, wo- their, their words to wound me, I often think about, oh, they are actually crying out for help. They're typically asking, am I enough? And am I loved? Right? But the reality also is that you have to do your own work and this is what the whole purpose of this this podcast is about in becoming kings not even becoming kings just being a king being that level of abundance and light to the world is about taking ownership of your own healing and growth journey such that you will come to to the realization that you are enough and you are loved no matter what happens in the world or who crosses your path and tells you otherwise. And from that place, you can have such a powerful, powerful instrumental impact on the world. Rather than walking, <laughs> walking through the, the daily routine of your life, looking for evidence of the contrary. Because when we have deep underlying beliefs that we aren't loved, we're not enough. That we're broken, that we're not worthy of love, that we're never going to be successful, that we're never going to have what we ultimately want—those are just lies, and those are all beliefs that come from a victim story. And I've talked about again on previous podcasts when, when I get really down on myself and I. Uh, especially times after breakups, and I get into this deep kind of dark space of like feeling like, oh, I'll never be able to find lasting love. I'll never be able to to find and experience what I ultimately want for the rest of my life, and to start a family and do all the things that I really ultimately want. This feeling of loneliness and scarcity and fear and uh, just like depths of loneliness that whole thing that I experience that no one sees me, that no one loves me, that no one really, really, really cares about me, that is all steeped in a victim story below the line, massively below the line. And it's one of the biggest things that I'm working on, right? Because with those underlying beliefs, it's not conscious, but I will act in ways that support that story. And it can ruin relationships in my life. It can ruin the, the good. It can be like where I'm just not present, you know, where I have all this abundance in my life, but I'm not appreciating it because it could be better or I'm not experiencing with people that I love, that I want to be experiencing with. Right. And so I say that all just to say is like, I'm not coming from a place of like, I got this shit figured out or that I'm speaking from my high horse. (laughs) I'm, uh, I'm coming from a place of, of humility and and to me sincerity that I am working on this stuff as much as I'm speaking to it on this on this episode. It's constantly in my face. And I know right now that one of my biggest, deepest callings is for me to continue to work with my therapist, continue to do my own healing work, continue to pray to God, and to continue to show up, to work against that limiting belief that I'm not enough, and that I won't be loved such that when I tr- truly will know it, <laughs> a lot of times I, w- I can get there actually in my meditations and I have this like massive shift, then I'm able to receive so much more, right? I believe that there's everything that I ultimately want that I'm not getting. It's because I my, my own limiting and, and victim and below the line thinking that I, that I fall into when I'm feeling insecure or hurt and wounded and not loved that that is the bottleneck for me in experiencing more in my life so in your journey in my journey in becoming kings in being kings we have to work on that understanding and that healing to truly understand that the only thing that that really keeps you and keeps me from experiencing our deepest, Longings, our deepest desires, our deepest hopes and dreams are just limiting beliefs, stories, various other blocks that we have created to ultimately keep ourselves safe. But in doing so, we've actually weaponized our trauma into these beliefs that do more harm than good. Right? They only keep us playing small. They only keep us dimming our lights, minimizing ourselves. And there can be a kind of a, a wake of destruction by those of us that aren't really truly committed to doing the work. Now, I also believe that <laughs> you can look back on your life and say, yeah, I, I've left a wake of destruction. I think we all can see that we've, from a place of our shadow, from a place of our pain and our heartache, and our woundings from when we were younger and that sort of thing, we've all had negative impacts on other people that we are probably deeply and sincerely ashamed of or sorry for. And yet again, first and foremost, the first step in starting to love yourself is to forgive yourself and to give yourself grace for the things that you possibly did with malicious intent, but oftentimes that we didn't, we just were looking to protect ourselves, as I said earlier, right? And so starting first and foremost is adopting some sort of like daily mindfulness practice, prayer, meditation, it can even just be cold baths, saunas, uh, stretching, yoga, Pilates, bar. It doesn't matter what it is, but something where you really connect with your mind, your body, your spirit, and you really focus on doing that work, right? because from that place of actually achieving greater levels of of healing and i don't know if the healing ever really stops because we keep <laughs> moving forward through life and we just keep having things that we have to keep uh, working through or things that continue to trigger us trigger us from from our, pa- our past i feel like that that work may never end but if you are someone who's listening to this podcast it sounds like to me it seems like to me <laughs> that you are someone who is committed to walking that journey of of healing and forgiveness and uh, allowing your light to grow ever brighter each and every single day. And your love and your your worthiness to grow brighter and bigger every single day. So again, wealth, longevity of a relationship, whatever you wanna call it. How many kids you have, how many kids you don't have, how much weight you have to lose or how amazing your six pack is. None of those things really are um, predicators of success. I think what's more true is, are you proud of the man or the woman that you have become in the pursuit of those things, right? Right. So you can have, like I said, in my book, uh, and I say it on this podcast, in becoming kings and becoming queens in our life. Ultimately, the byproduct of living in abundance is just, like I said, it's the result of being a man, being a woman, whom you are proud to be and who stands in integrity and stands in their healing and because of that they have such a a, a great capacity to both receive in my opinion, humble opinion, God's goodness but then allows it just to shine right back through them and have powerful healing implications on everyone they come in contact with because that at the end of the day is what I believe will leave a lasting legacy and is ultimately what the world truly needs. So, anyways, thank you for listening to this episode as I kind of ramble about the things that I glean from uh, a, a comedy podcast, Smartless, um, which again I highly recommend. It's so good. It's so funny. They're so they're both they're all like dry. They bust each other's balls. Um, it's just hilarious. Check it out. It'll bring a smile to your face. Uh, it'll be a, a good reprieve as well from. Uh, from the seriousness of of an episode like this. So anyways, thank you for listening. Thank you for being committed to doing your work. Thank you for showing up and for believing in yourself. And again, you are enough and you are loved. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. I'll catch up with you on the next one. And until then, enjoy the rest of your day. Cheers. That's it for this one. And I want to thank you for listening. or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man. I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyKing.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at JohnnyKing and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Johnny King Men's Coach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.